Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get nine not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview. And I hope we see you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks, where you can hear the rest. What I was going to say when you asked me if I believe it or not, I think that the right is better at true incrementalism and running a better ground game. Whereas I think they talk like radical stuff, like we have to turn back all this stuff to get their base fired up. But in practice, they have a kind of patient, actual incrementalism. Whereas liberals, I think, preach incrementalism, but in actuality, I'm talking about extensionist liberals, are very happy not changing much and not rocking the boat. So in that way is what I mean when I say that I think the right... Um, is kind of better at actual ground game politics without actually having to have the culture parrot a lot of what it what it believes like what they've been able to do with the courts with abortion and trying to roll back like voting rights and stuff like that it's not glamorous sexy stuff you know um i i mean i think that's i think that's true and i think part of it is this is that like definitionally speaking right your average liberal person. And I'm using liberal, not in the necessarily like the, the, yeah, I guess liberal, you know, like liberal and not even people who are necessarily like politically, uh, in, in tune, but just people who are like, you know, liberal in the sense that I am open to new ideas. I am, uh, respectful of other cultures. I am, uh, you know, sort of like generally open to new things, right. As opposed yeah. to, um, the conservative mind, which I think is fundamentally threatened by new things you know, whether it's, uh, you know, marriage equality or whether it's like, you know, uh, uh, art that has, you know, uh, somebody peeing on a cross or, or, you know, all this stuff. And so I think the, the liberals in general, um, are more interested in, we vote, uh, on people who we think are competent and good. And then we go about doing new things, new art, new movies, new TV show. You know what I mean? Like just a, a, like, uh, travel, uh, you know, going out, meeting new people. I mean, I think like on some level, it's just like, we don't want to deal with governance. We don't want to deal with those mm, questions. And the right constantly feels like they're under siege uh, because they are, because progress is happening all around them in some form or another. The, the, and, and, and ultimately for them, there, there, there is a, uh, their, you know, their ideology is a certain fundamentalism. It's in service and it's been used in service, I think, for, you know, sort of like economic power. But that is also in in many respects, you know, an extension of like this sort of like patriarchal uh, fundamentalist worldview. Right. And so anything outside of that is a constant threat to it, whether it's, um, you know, uh, abortion rights, which threatens, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the patriarchy in some fashion, uh, you know, whatever it is. 
And, and so they're constantly under siege. I would, you know, we used to call them like having like a Masada complex. They're constantly under siege. And so uh, the relationship between uh, government and, and politics in them is, uh, is very different because for them, it's like, it's a shield, right? And we constantly have to uh, be, we have to, we're, we're at war and we're being encroached upon and we're being threatened and we need to use the politics as a shield and as a weapon. For I think like liberals, broadly speaking, it's like, you know, just, it, it should just work. It should be just good. Just, you know, get good people in there and she just work and I shouldn't have to think about it. Yeah, just something you can't delegate to the people that you put in charge and you can enjoy your life. Any type of radicalism, it's not even necessarily a rational response to what is being proposed. It's a response to the idea of like, wait a second, you're going to, let's just let, you know, it's not even a question I think of, of like a, like a, like a, well, they don't perceive it as a question of ideology or even like, I want to keep what I have. Or maybe it is like, I want to keep what I have. And I don't think it's a question of like, I want to prevent other people from getting it. It's just like, let's not, you know, things are good. I just don't want to have to pay attention. And any type of major changes means I got to pay attention to it. I mean, I experienced this in the operation of my show. It's like, look, I understand that, um, you know, our recording system is subpar, but I don't have to change it on every computer. <laughs> I don't have to like make sure that all my computers are updated with the latest uh, OS. And then I'm going to get in problems with like, you know, pages and Microsoft Word and just like, let's just leave it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I can understand that impulse in the context of like, I got a lot of things on my plate. I just don't need one more thing. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. Um, do you have time for two more questions? Sure. Okay. Um, this one is a really long question, so I have to figure out how to boil it down in a pithy way. But um, I guess what they're trying to ask is, because it's actually one person picking up another person's question. So between the two of them, it's, it's really long. Um, but I would say the gist of it is... Um, they want me to ask you about captured electorate theory and, and whether or not that's actually an effective strategy for uh, black voters. And I think these are black black listeners who listen to your show regularly and they feel that um, being told that they should vote for Biden doesn't capture, I guess, what the kind of frustration that black people have with the Democratic Party that that. I don't know the actual stuff you said that they're talking about, but I guess the feeling that they've gotten is that people on the left have a soft spot for things like Latin immigrant child separation, detention centers and Muslim bans and and uh, Asian discrimination post-corona. And then they feel like black voters are being asked to kind of think of the greater good and um, vote to roll back a lot of these things. But one guy put as an example... One guy put as an example that this has been happening with ICE and those child separations, but in the foster care system in America for decades, um, that's been the reality for uh, black parents. Uh, child separations, locking up parents for trivial trivial things, etc. So they kind of, I guess not, not really a question so much as a venting, but they put it there as a question. But the idea of, is it actually worthwhile for black people like isn't isn't not voting the most biggest statement that black people can do at this point given how democrats don't really seem to have done anything for them anymore i think um i think the the idea that there are issues um that black folk have in this country that are ignored by democrats and that they take them for granted to some extent um is the case i mean i think the the, the democrats take large swaths of their voters uh, for granted. Uh, but certainly, like, the black vote is um, a bedrock 
vote for Democrats. Um, that th- that assessment, I think, is I think is accurate. Um, in fact, I remember uh, Marin had a joke when we were back at Air America, which was like, you know, uh, and I'm going to butcher it because I can't remember exactly, but it was like, uh, you know, Barack Obama's victory, if it happens, will be historic. Finally, black people will have the opportunity to be fucked over by one of their own. That's um, pretty prescient. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think that like, I think the, the assessment of the problem is correct, but I don't think the strategy is. I just don't think that you can teach a political party um, a lesson by not voting for them. Like um, the Republicans are going to get significantly less votes, just like they did in 2018 uh, in this election, I think, Um, just like they've done in every election. And, you know, we remember like when they had their uh, autopsy, we've got to do immigration. And then they just basically didn't. Like, I just don't think that, I don't think that political parties operate that way. I think what they do is they don't look where they haven't caught fish. They go and they look where they can think they can find fish. (laughs) And so, um, and, uh, so I don't think that's the, the, I just don't think that's an effective strategy. Like there's no evidence to me that that has worked. Uh, and you know, um, so I think the assessment of the problem is correct. I think that the way that you fix it is frankly, you know, like what we've seen, like with justice Democrats, right? Like, and, 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 and let's be honest, the congressional back, black caucus in terms of like, you know, where I would put them ideologically, they uh, chase after a lot of what we would call neoliberal uh, policies and uh, ones that do not necessarily address some of the real issues of the, of, of black communities. You know, like, um, and I, I think I first sort of really, like, I just remember, uh, you know, Gregory Meeks got on my radar back in the Air America days from Queens. And like, I was just like, who is it? What's he, vo- I don't understand. How's this guy voting in this way? How is he supporting this stuff? Like, you know, he's representing parts of Queens. Like, this is not like, you know, like, and I think, I think, um, you know, some of these people are entrenched in power. I sat on a panel uh, on uh, MSNBC, got to this big argument with this guy, uh, Peebles. I didn't know who he was, but he was talking about like, you know, the, the, um, the estate tax. And we need to roll back the estate tax for the sake of transferring, you know, of like a building black wealth. And I'm like, what? And it's like, he's like, you know, and the CB, the Congressional Black Caucus is with me on this. And I'm like, what? Why? Why? You know, and uh, I got home and I realized, I looked him up and he's like, I don't know, it's like the fifth wealthiest black, uh, you know, businessman in the country or something. Ooh, and, okay. and and of course, like, you know, he had hundreds of millions of dollars. He, when he was talking about like building, transferring wealth, he was talking about his, him and his kids. And, uh, and, and, but it, well, he was right. The Congressional Black Caucus was supporting uh, the diminution of the estate tax. Um, and, and so uh, I, I think like, I think when you see things like Justice Democrats repa- uh, replacing uh, Engel with uh, Jamal Bowman and um, Mondaire Jones, who came in, um, uh, uh, I can't remember who she retired. Nan, Nan I can't remember who it was uh, in that district now. It just escapes me for the moment. Uh, but when you start to see, um, when you start to see, uh, you know, Democrats in blue 
districts who have been, you know, who are in many respects, like that is the first line that uh, the left have to deal with is those Democrats from safe blue seats who are basically providing cover for more corporatist and and, and conservative uh, elements in the party. I think that's what you do, frankly. I mean, I think like, uh, you know, the rest of the stuff. Wait, I think, wait, wait. So, so what is it that you think uh, you do? Anything you, you, you as in uh, the black voter? You take power. You take power. You take and power. I, and I speak, I'm talking about uh, black folk and I am talking about uh, folks on the left. You take power. You don't walk away and say, I'm going to, you need to come to me. That's not the way it works. Nobody, people don't do that. Like the power doesn't work that way. Like, oh, like, I mean, you can't both believe that, um, like you, you need to use your vote to take them out of power and, and, and replace them with someone you want. I think that's kind of the problem though. I think they feel that both sides are someone that they want to take out. Primaries. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not satisfying because it takes, a, it takes a while, but that's the way the right has done it. Okay, so what right happens if the primaries don't work in your favor? Then you got to wait for the next primary. In the meantime, you agitate, you build a, a, you build organizations, and you build networks so that you can win in the next primary. So, like, when, I mean, it's just, so you know, if they're not like, voting in this election, then is that an example of that? Like we tried in the primary, it didn't work, so we're going to sit out. Well, this. you can sit out the election, but the bottom line is, is like it's not. There's no. There's there is no theory as to how that works. It's just really just sort of like you snub me, I'm going to snub you. Great. So what? What? Like what's supposed to come of that? That's the problem I have with that theory. Is that like we didn't we see this in 2000? Well, one group that has been trying to um, they're they're a pretty controversial group. A lot of people don't like them. Some people do, but the ADOS group uh, has been trying to form a coherent list of demands that um, they want people to talk about. Um, you know. And trying to talk to different candidates about about that, with the main thing being reparations. Um, right. So, I mean, that has been kind of changing because before, I think you were right that there was a lot of vagueness. And to a degree, I think there still is. But, I mean, some people like Ice Cube, whether or not you like his plan or whether you like the ADO West plan, there are some people who are willing to um, try to formulate um, something. Whether people agree with that something or not is another story, but at least writing it down gives people specific things to object to, like saying, sure. oh, this is too capitalistic. We don't like this, but this works. Let's keep this. Let's um, talk. But I do think there's not enough of that, though, unfortunately. I think too many people just are kind of on this vote first and then um, something good will happen. Like what you described that liberals do, I think uh, black liberals have been extra susceptible to that. This idea that we can get the right people in charge and I, I think so. I, th I think so. But I also think that, like, um, I am also sympathetic to the notion older black folk having a memory of of how bad things can get and being um, shy about asking for more. I mean, that is true. Older black people are, even though they're technically Democrat, they are pretty conservative in terms of being afraid of rocking the boat. I totally agree with that. Um, here's the last. Here's the last question, and I'm gonna try to pick a simpler one, just to because that one was the. Uh, was that the hostile question? No. Um, that was that was a semi-hostile question. This is the hostile question <laughs> since you brought it up. I'll, I'll look for the hostile question. Good. Okay. Um, can you ask Sam how he deals with the contradiction of claiming to be outside of the mainstream media while at the same time his show is being streamed on an NBC platform? And why should we trust anything he has to say? 
All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.